Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Eloise Unbekant, and I serve as a shepherding deacon in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us now bow our heads in prayer. We come, O Lord, because you have chosen us, named us, and called us to honor, praise, and serve you. In you we find our greatest joy and our deepest meaning. Because of you we come together seeing your very image in each other. Let us all be holy with you in this worship, loving you with heart, soul, strength, and mind. Let us be so transformed that we go out to love our neighbors as ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise in the glory of God.
If you are able, please rise for call to worship. Our call to worship today comes from Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and the dry land which his hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are his people, and his, pasture, his people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hands. Come, let us worship God. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In humility and faith, let us confess our sin to God. Loving and gracious God, we catch but glimpses of your vision of the world 
as you have created it to be. We wonder at the abundance of your love and the generosity of your grace, yet we hold on tightly to our own visions of scarcity and need. We struggle against acquisitive obsessions and our too ready protective tendencies. We confess we are greedy and selfish. Forgive us, we pray. Recreate us with more generous hearts, more gracious thoughts, and more loving actions. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The good news is that Christ calls us to new life and enables us to begin again and again and again. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. And now let us say what we believe as written in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now if you would take a moment and greet your neighbor. Good morning. Good morning. 
We're so glad you are here this morning at Church of the Palms. Glad that you have found your way, whether you have come from just around the corner or maybe from another part of our country or our world. We are glad you're with us, and we hope that you will find this to be a place of welcome. We especially welcome those of you who are Penn State fans today. <laughs> where perhaps you can continue to exercise the humility that has been forced upon you over the years. So. If you don't understand what that means, you're better off. So uh, we uh, hope that you will take the time to uh, fill out the friendship pads and pass those towards your neighbor. We encourage you to uh, find a new friend uh, today and invite them to come and join you underneath the tree where we're serving today Peruvian coffee. Uh, international Coffee of the Day, so we hope that you'll uh, come and uh, be a part of that, enjoy a little good coffee from Starbucks, and, uh, and continue in some conversation that hopefully you've started uh, underneath this roof. We uh, have great things going on, of course, here at Church of the Palms, and love for you to be paying attention to those. You can find on pages seven through nine several things to, uh, to be uh, putting on your calendar, including next Sunday, Reformation Sunday, 29th. We're going to be celebrating in great fashion, including inviting you all to come dressed in your native ancestral garb or that which you identify most with. We encourage you to come uh, as we together as the world celebrate the Reformation, the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, a significant moment in world history, and we uh, want to delight in that next Sunday. So come and join us. Uh, to prepare for that, you can come to our Reformation class on Wednesday evening. It's been a great class taught by Will and Mingy Brown, learning a little bit about why we are who we are today uh, and how we trace that all the way back uh, to the 16th century. So uh, come and join us for that. Also, you'll be able to sign up. Uh, you can come actually on Tuesday night for the first Messiah rehearsal. Uh, those of you who want to sort of exercise your vocal cords, and uh, we would love to have you join that great choir, and that will be this, uh, I believe, this coming Tuesday evening. Another, another great class coming up in a couple weeks, our Exodus class on the back page of your bulletin. You'll see information about that. You can sign up online, or you can also call the church office and ask for Carolyn Wilson. She'll be glad to guide you uh, into signing up for that. It's a, a different time, $5.30, $8, but you'll get in dinner and a wonderful lecture on the, on the great book of Exodus by, by Tremper Longman. So we encourage you to come and be a part of that. We uh, also uh, are mindful here in Florida... <clears throat> that uh, most of us are here because we, we didn't like the temperature where we, we used to live, right? Um, you gave up kind of your favorite people and your favorite place to come here so you can get a better temperature. Well, guess what? Our sanctuary is filled with a variety of temperatures. You won't, it may be hard to believe. Some of you say, well, it's too cold, or maybe actually sitting in the too cold spot of our sanctuary. And those of you who are saying, it's too warm, because we hear both of this on Sunday mornings, uh, uh, are actually probably sitting in the too warm section of our sanctuary. So you might want to think about departing your favorite place. <laughs> this is asking Presbyterians for the world. I understand that. But one of the ways to sort of get a little bit more comfortable in this big sanctuary, which we're trying to keep at a constant temperature, is to find the hot spots and the cold spots and the one that's most comfortable for you. So, just saying, you might want to give that a try. 
So, you know, when I get here on Sunday morning, somebody who, uh, who is sometimes even here before I get here, and I know somebody who's usually here as I'm leaving is the last to leave, the first to arrive, because he makes his way into the music building because he wants to put on a nice hot pot of coffee for our choir. And he's preparing all the bulletins and the hymn books. And he is uh, making sure that all the choir members are being accounted for and everybody is, is being minded and cared for, who cleans up every Sunday after the choir leaves their mess is one of our unsung heroes, Jim Wanting, a member of our choir. Where is he? Stand up, Jim. We have a little certificate of appreciation for you. Thank you so much for doing what you do for us here at Church of the Palms. Amen. So make a point to say hi to Jim afterwards, uh, underneath the tree in the choir room afterwards, but uh, we just are delighted to be able to uh, call out those quiet heroes in our midst who serve us so well, who are generous with their spirit. And speaking of generosity, I'd like to invite Bob Barson and Matthew Streb, who are going to share with you a couple of opportunities of generosity that you might be mindful of over the course of these next several weeks. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. For, those, for the information of those who are new to the Church of the Palms, this is the time of the year that Steve asks me to come up here and update you on our financial position as we enter the end of the, of the giving year. As you regular members and attendees know, we receive a significant amount of our giving in the last quarter. Last year, I referred to this as the season of giving. That is the time of the year that your alma mater, your university, the hospital, the opera, the whatever is asking you for uh, some donations at the end of the year. Many of them depend on the end of the year donations to make up 60 to 70 percent of their annual budget. Fortunately at the Church of the Palms, <clears throat> we only need to make up about a third of our budget in the last quarter, or this year that's about $800,000. We have met the end of the year challenge for the last three years when the job market and the stock market was not as good as it is this year. The challenge before us is doable goal for this congregation that has been blessed in many ways by the ministries of the Church of the Palms. Reflect a moment on how you have been blessed, maybe by a shepherding deacon, or by a student that you are tutoring, or your children in the uh, children's or student ministry, or by the music ministry, or by a message from delivered by Alan, Carolyn, Lori, Mingy, or Steve. Last Sunday, Pastor Steve's message was based on 1 Samuel 3. The Lord speaks, Samuel gives his attention, <clears throat> and he is enfolded by the movement of God and goes on to be one of the great and wise judges of Israel. Pastor Steve asks the question, how have you been enfolded? What enfolds us? I ask the question, how have you been enfolded by the movement of God through the ministries here at Church of the Palms. What will, you, will, what will be your response? <clears throat> How will your actions and decisions to support the Church of the Palms and, and the ministries here reflect the glory of God? COP is constantly looking for opportunities to provide hope for our foster and adopted children in the community. Here's Matthew Streb to introduce you to the Heart Gallery of Sarasota and how you can participate in the mission.
Good morning. My name is Matthew Streb, a member of Church of the Palms and a volunteer as president of the Hart Gallery of Sarasota. Today in Sarasota, Manatee, and DeSoto counties, we have over 1,400 children in foster care, of which 155 are available for adoption. The Hart Gallery works with local photographers to take professional photographs of the ch available children to capture their character and spirit. These photos are displayed, some of which you'll see here, in public spaces and on our website to attract a loving family to adopt them. As a result of the Hart Gallery, the adoption rate increases typically by over 25%. Some of these children will be in foster care for years, and we have learned from our extensive work with foster care agencies in Sarasota that there are a number of ways to help these children. These children are victims of neglect, neglect, mostly due to substance abuse and through no fault of their own, are removed from their home by police or social services without warning. We can work together at Church of the Palms to make this traumatic experience a little bit better. One of the ways to provide children at the time of, one of the ways to provide children at the time of removal, a small piece of luggage like this, that they can call their very own. You see, when children are removed from their homes, they place their belongings in a trash bag. That's, this sends a message that the children's belongings, in some ways, the child themselves, aren't valued. They deserve better, and we have a unique opportunity to send a different message. The Hart Gallery will be collecting new or gently used travel-sized luggage, like I showed, as well as financial donations throughout the month of November. November is adoption month. Please mark your calendars on Wednesday, November 29th. We will gather in the Campus Center at 6.30 p.m. to fill these bags with necessities and comfort items, like a new pillow, blanket, or a stuffed animal. We will pray for the luggage and the hands that will eventually hold it. All are welcome. We hope you will join us in this effort to show God's love to foster care youth in our area. There will be a Heart Gallery volunteer under the tree throughout November to answer any questions you might have to tell you more about the work that we're doing and to collect donations and luggage. New or gently used luggage and donations can be delivered to the front office. Thank you for your attention and all you do for our community.
Let us pray. Holy Father, together we come before you with praise and gratitude for who you are and for all you have done for us. We praise you for your steadfast love that endures forever. We praise you because you are good and true and trustworthy. We give you thanks that we can count on your promises. Still our hearts and fill our souls with your peace that passes understanding as we fix our minds on you. We beseech you, O God, that you will bring peace on this earth and goodwill among all humankind. We pray especially that you would act in the Middle East and in the divisions between people in our own nation. Open all our eyes to see how we as human beings are all made in your image and we are all connected. And when one of us is marginalized or martyred, it hurts us all in some way. It is so hard for us to love our neighbor as ourselves when we have polar opposite views. It's so much easier to stay in our isolated communities with people just like us. But Jesus, you have called us to be your servants, to be your witnesses, to be your hands and feet in your work of reconciling the world to yourself. Hold on tight to us and fill us with your Holy Spirit, giving us the grace to follow your example. And Lord, we praise you and thank you for how you are at work in our midst here, for all the ministries and missions where we are privileged to feed people, to teach children, to counsel and comfort those who are hurting, and to tell everyone who will listen how much you love them and what you have already done for them in Jesus Christ. Thank you for our greeters and ushers, for our class and small group leaders, for our Stephen ministers and tutors, for Samaritan counseling and our volunteers in the kitchen and the food pantry. Truly, our cup runneth over, O God, for which we give you thanks. We trust you, Lord, to provide exactly what each one of us needs, whether it is healing, hope, forgiveness, comfort, guidance and direction, a job, a home, or just a friend who will listen. You know each one of us better than we know ourselves, and you have promised to be with us. Hear now as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us continue our worship with a joyful presentation of our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray. We offer our gifts to you, Lord, with grateful and cheerful hearts. Thank you that you meet our needs on the journey, providing what we need when we need it. Trusting you, we can share what we have with others, and we do this joyfully together today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, and now we invite the children to come forward for the children's moment with Miss Carol. Yep, it's getting cooler, and I heard that there's going to be some rain this week, so I'm just getting prepared. Come on up, guys. Hurry. You don't want to miss anything. So, you guys know why I have my life jacket on? Because I'm weird? What? Because I, well, of course, but this is called a life jacket, right? And it's going to save my life. And I want it to keep on saving my life, so I think I'm going to wear it every day from now on because I want it to keep saving my life. What do you think? Do you guys have one of these? Come on, you don't? Do you think, it's, do you think these things work? Do you think if I wear this every day, it's going to save my life? Mm. I'm just trying to put together my own personal rescue plan. You know, do you guys have a rescue plan? You don't? Okay, well, this sort of reminds me of a rescue plan, another rescue plan that we're going to talk about up in kids' worship, but um, it's God's rescue plan. And I know you guys have heard a little bit about it, but anyway, God's rescue plan, you see, sometimes we decide, we, we try to, we, we think we can save ourselves by doing something really smart like wearing one of these jackets or following the rules or just trying to be good. And, and that thinks, makes us think that we're going to get saved and be okay all the time. But you know what? Um, we all need God's rescue plan to take care of us. And um, we're learning about a man. His name is Noah, up in kids' worship. And I think you guys know this story about Noah. He was pretty famous for building something really big. And what was that? What did Noah build? Say it. The ark. The ark was a huge boat. It was bigger than this sanctuary then this whole church, this boat that Noah built. But he did this crazy thing um, because he didn't listen to himself, guys. He didn't listen to himself. He listened to God. Noah loved God so much, and he was obedient. He was the only one. He did something so crazy and so weird that every one of his friends and every one of his neighbors thought he was crazy. But his obedience... And his love for God, God rescued him because of that and saved him from the death and destruction of that big flood. And it saved his family and all humankind because Noah was obedient and he listened to God. So it wasn't his life jacket that saved him. It saved him. It saved, God saved him, God saved his whole family and all of mankind, and he even saved all those animals and all of the animals of the earth. So God showed us his rescue plan that very time, that in the very, very beginning because 
He had a rescue plan for us right in the very beginning. Let's give thanks about that. You want to pray for us? Cynthia's going to say the prayer today. Dear God, we try to help ourselves in all we do, but help us to remember that only you can give us everlasting life and happiness in heaven. You sent your son to rescue us from our sins. You created us and you take care of us. Thank you for your grace. Amen. Thank you. All right, come on up. You may be seated. Our scripture lesson today comes from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 13. Let us hear God's word to us. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you should do, and you shall anoint for me the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, 
peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And, this, and he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him, for the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? He said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes, and he was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God and our Redeemer. Amen. Our passage today is a, a critical turning point in the story of faith we are following in the narrative lectionary. Israel has joined the nations that have a king. Their first king, the tall and strong King Saul, has broken God's command by keeping some of the spoils of the war instead of destroying them as God commanded him. The prophet Samuel, who anointed that very King Saul, has just informed him that God is done with him and God has chosen another to be king. Today, we read the story of the shepherd boy David, revealed to be God's chosen one. As I read this story, getting ready for the sermon, I was struck by the words, the Lord looks on the heart. It is the conclusion of a long sentence said by God when Samuel thinks the oldest and tallest son of Jesse must surely be the new king. God says, the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Yikes, that is worse than the body scan at the airport security. <laughs> I thought so anyways. So God chose David to be his servant king because of what God saw in David's heart. I wonder what God saw within David's heart. I also wonder what did the Lord see in Jeremiah's heart when God called Jeremiah to become a prophet? What did the Lord see in Mary's heart when God called her to be the mother of his son, Jesus? 
What did the Lord see in Levi's heart when Jesus called the tax collector to become his disciple? What did the Lord see in Philip's heart when he sent him to speak with the Ethiopian eunuch? And what did the Lord see in the eunuch's heart when he called him to be baptized? I wonder also what it must be like to be chosen, not because of outer appearances, but because of what is in our hearts. How wonderful it is to be affirmed in our innermost selves by God. How glad I am that the Lord does not look on our tallness or good looks, says this not quite 5'2 person. But then I noticed something else in the scripture. It says that God had provided David. Surely that meant God provided what was good within the heart of David. That way God would have a heart-worthy person to be king. And then I thought of my father's teaching of our Presbyterian Reformed faith. My dad taught me that God lovingly and carefully created each and every one of us with specific gifts and talents. As we see in Psalm 139, and as we just sung, each of us are uniquely and intricately woven by God. God's love for us is there, even when we sin and run away from what God intended us to be. God shows his great love for us by sending his only son, Jesus, to redeem and restore us to a right relationship with God again. As one of the reformers, John Calvin, reminds us, it is through the power of God's love and grace that we are made sisters and brothers of Christ. Because Christ is the true son of God, we become the blessed and adopted children of God. We Presbyterian Reformed Christians believe that God has a call and purpose for each of us. That call fulfills the deepest and most treasured, treasured parts of our hearts. We call this our vocation. David's vocation was to be king of Israel because of who God has created David to be within his heart. The wonderful message of this is that God looks within each of our hearts and sees the gift of who God created each of us to be. The goodness God has placed in our hearts is the basis of our vocation. Again, John Calvin wanted us to understand that God loves us and finds joy in looking on our hearts. If I could see the great goodness God placed within your hearts, what would I see? If you could see the great goodness God has placed within my heart, what would you see? The test of what is in our hearts is whether it helps us love God and love neighbors. For instance, as we heard earlier in the service, from Matthew, we can love neighbors by giving new suitcases and pillows, new pillows, to children who are being removed from their homes, abusive homes. This will let them carry their belongings in a new suitcase. I saw Lori crying over there, watching and listening to Matthew, and I choke up too. 
what a privilege it is that we get to give them their new pillows and suitcases so they can get to their new homes. I see God and neighbor loved when I see Samaritan counselor Diane Brentley leading our grief support groups and a faith-based recovery group. The question is, does what is in our hearts just stay there? Or does it move us out of ourselves and beyond ourselves to help others? My husband, Will Brown, and I pray these words every morning in our devotion. Help us, O God, to be your love and grace in word and deed with all we meet today and every day. Sometimes I think I get a glimpse of what God sees in the heart. I believe I see a glimpse when I see a healer totally focused on diagnosing and relieving others' pain. A musician wrapped up in the music and pouring heart and soul into the sound and the words. An artist configuring shape and color into beauty and meaning an engineer using math and physics to create something of functional strength and usefulness, a teacher guiding a student to find the skills of insight and learning to grow in wisdom and competence, and first responders risking themselves to reach and rescue people who are in dangerous and places and in distress. I see a glimpse when I am myself being counseled by a Samaritan counselor who helps me see my place in God's larger scheme of things. And yet, all too often, I also see that our hearts get broken and the goodness in the heart feels lost. But God does not leave us in our lostness or brokenness. God does not want the goodness to remain lost. Will and I recently watched a movie titled The Sea of Trees. It moved me deeply theologically. It is about sin, repentance, and redemption. The main character, Arthur, has his already dry and selfish life, made worse by the death of his young wife. Feeling utter despair, he goes to Japan to enter a certain forest where it is known or said people go to end their lives. He enters and finds his spot to end his life and begins to take his overdose pills. He sees another person nearby who collapses in grief and tears, saying, I have to get back to my families. I need to find my way out of here. Disturbed, Arthur goes to help this man named Takumi. The rest of the movie has to do with their struggle toward and away from death as they listen to each other and rescue each other. In focusing on helping and caring for the other man, Arthur rediscovers the goodness God placed in his heart. The goodness God put in our hearts is always there. In grace, God creates new opportunities for us to be who God intended us to be. God calls us to be generous in giving, 
the goodness of our hearts to others, whether it is contributing to our spirit, stewardship drive or to help others such as Heart Gallery or Samaritans. We are to be as generous as God was to us in the first place because it is a privilege to be generous. God does not look on our outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart, for which we say, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we thank you for all your gifts of love and goodness. Help us to treasure and use those gifts in loving you and loving one another and loving our neighbors. Grant that we might be your love and grace in word and deed with all we meet this day and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Now go in peace, knowing that the Lord does not look on your appearances, but on your heart. And be, give generously, live generously, and live peaceably in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen.